quickly hold your Bible. This is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21. We are still talking about uh, hung by the tongue or the power of confession. The power of the spoken word. Amen. Amen. Your words are powerful. And we've been learning uh, in the past month that your words, the words that you speak, create. Amen. And if you read in Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This is such an awesome, powerful scripture that reveals the power of the words that we speak. He says death and life. And we discovered that there is no other extreme further than death and life. Amen? And the Bible here is saying the words that you speak have the power to cause things that are dead to even come alive. And to cause the things that are alive to even die. How many of you know that there are certain things that are alive in your life that you would want to die? For example, if sickness is alive in your life, you want it to die. And now God is saying the power to do that, the power to move things from one extremity, as extreme as death is, to the extremity of life is resident in your tongue. That's so powerful. This shows you why even when Jesus wanted to raise Lazarus from the dead, he had to use his tongue. The Bible says he went forth and he called him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the man came from the extremity of death all the way to the extremity of life through a spoken word. Your words are powerful. They can cause your finances to come alive. Someone shout money. money. Come alive. Come in, my life. in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. It's as simple as that. Amen. Your words have the power to cause your body to come alive. Amen. Someone shout, my body, my body. Keeps, well. keeps well all the time. All the time. It's as simple as that. Amen. You know, not all oh, well, you know, I'm susceptible to flus during this season. What you have done is you have taken your body from one extremity of life all the way into death. Through the words of your mouth. Now, if you're reading in the New Living Translation, the same scripture, it says, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And we discovered that the word consequence uh, uh, just simply means the results of an action. Both positive and negative. What does it mean? It means your mouth has the power to bring both positive and or negative results in your life depending on how you use it. Amen? Now let's go to Proverbs chapter number 21 verse 23. Thank you Jesus. Man, you're going to be blessed today. It's going to be awesome. Proverbs 21 verse 23 in the NIV. It says, those who guard their mouths keep 
their tongues, keeping themselves from calamity. So the way to keep yourself from trouble is to guard your mouth and keep your tongue. What does it mean? It means control the words that come out of your mouth. In fact, the ability to control the words that come out of your mouth is a sign of spiritual maturity in Scripture. You know, over here in the Pentecostal church, we think, you know, being spooky is a sign of spiritual maturity. No, if you want to see if someone is mature spiritually, just listen to them talk. What kind of words do they speak? Do they speak words of faith or words of fear? Just listen to them talk. Do they speak words of life or words of death? Do they speak words of prosperity or words of poverty? The ability to control your tongue is a sign of maturity. Now, how do you control your tongue? You control your tongue by controlling what goes into your heart. Remember Luke 6.45 says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth that which is evil. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you put in your mind or in your heart... So as to say, will find its way into your mouth when you are put under pressure. Amen? <laughs> and if you don't put the right stuff in your heart and in your mind, that which we call mind renewing. You know, Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed or be changed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And the way you do it is by putting the word of God into your heart, into your mind. And train yourself to think in line with God's word. Amen. And God's word knows no impossibility. Amen. Amen. God's word knows no defeat. God's word knows no failure. And when you start thinking victory, when you start thinking winning all the time, regardless of where you are in life, then you know your mind is renewed. When you start thinking divine health, even when your body is in pain, then you know your mind is renewed. Amen? See, mind renewal is not a place where your, your, your perspective towards life or your perception towards life is determined by the five senses. You remember Elijah? Elisha? He had his uh, uh, servant come in and say, uh, man, the Syrian armies are here. They're here to attack us. What are we going to do? Elisha's mind was so renewed to know that there are angels around me all the time and to know that God is within me and he who is within me is greater than he who is in the world. So he did not react based on what it looked like through these physical eyes. He reacted on what it looks like through the word of God. So when you are in trouble, the thing that should proceed out of your mouth should be based not on the five senses. See, because according to your five senses, according to your eyes, really your bank account is at zero. If you go to the ATM and punch in your uh, uh, PIN number, uh, the numbers that will come out, you will see a zero. But if you determine what you are looking at as your source to pay your bills and not what God says in His Word, if that puts fear in your heart, then your mind is not renewed. If that make, gives you sleepless nights at, uh, 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 
If that gives you what? Can I say that? <laughs> if that brings sleepless nights to you, then your mind is not renewed. You should be able to rise above that. Look at those zeros in the ATM machine and still go back home and claim, my God will supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, regardless of what it looks like. That's what Elisha said. He said, those that are with us are greater than those that are with them. Let's go to Numbers, chapter number 13. So tell your neighbor, we walk by faith. And not according to the five senses. And tell them, faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Tell them, I don't have to see it for me to believe it. I just have to know that God said it. And that settles it. That's all. That's all you need. Numbers chapter number 13 from verse 31. Numbers 13 from verse 31. Notice what happened here. It is after the ten spies had gone into the land to spy the land and they came back. And you know, prior to this, you must understand God had kept the children of Israel in, in, in the desert for about 40 years because their minds wouldn't be renewed for them to start thinking like the kings they were supposed to be. They were still thinking like slaves. And God couldn't bring slaves or people with a slave mentality into a place of blessing. You know why? Because they would tear it down. Hallelujah. See, building is easy. It's the maintaining that God is concerned with. That's why when it comes to labor, God says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are. The only time God speaks of laborers is when there is a harvest. He didn't say the, the planting, there is a lot of planting we need to do. No, the planting is easy. You ask anyone who's ever had a child, they'll tell you. It's the harvest that's hard, amen? It's the harvest that's hard. Amen? And once the baby is here, you need to take care of the baby. You need to look after the baby. So the children of Israel's mindset was still in slave mode. So even if God had brought them into the land that flowed with milk and honey, they would have turned that land that was flowing with milk and honey into a slave neighborhood. Because of what they had in their minds. Amen? So it's not the neighborhood. It's your mind. You know, in America, uh, when uh, my wife and I went to New York to uh, just touring America, we discovered that in a neighborhood called Queensbridge, they built these really nice flats for the people. And then they put a whole lot of poor people in there. And by about, uh, uh, in about a year, they went back to look at the place. I mean, the place was looking exactly the same with where they had taken these people from. It was looking exactly the same, broken doors. I mean, people would literally walk in and see a nice door and say, I mean, I just feel like breaking this door. <laughs> For what? It's in your mind. <laughs> Amen? So these guys came and God was telling them, Hey, you are winners. You are victorious. This land, I have given it to you. It's yours. 
See, God is blessing them, but they choose to see problems in the blessing. Have you ever seen people that see problems in the blessing? You know, God is trying to bless you with, uh, what's the uh, uh, most expensive Mercedes Benz? You know that 4x4? Is it the G class? Or it's not? It's the S class? Or that one? You know, God is trying to bless you with that one. And you know what you're concerned with? Oh no, this car is a fuel guzzler. I remember the one time, man, man, this poverty mentality, it can cripple you. What makes you think God will give you a G-Wagon and not give you the money to put fuel in it? Man, people always choose to see the problems in the blessing. I remember, you know, the one time, uh, uh, before my mind was so renewed, I just, I walked into a, a Lexus dealership, and they were showing us this beautiful Lexus. And then they went to the uh, uh, bonnet, opened the bonnet, and I mean, this thing had a big plastic thing with an L that said Lexus. And you couldn't see anything, you know, the old engines, you could see where the battery is and where the water is and so on and so forth. Man, I'm in my mindset, I'm, I'm thinking, man, why do they put this thing? What if you want to jumpstart the car? <laughs> and the guy is thinking, why would you want to jumpstart? Why would you want to jumpstart this car? <laughs> but you know your mindset. You are trained to think poor. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, where is the, the oil dipstick? Because I want to check... Why would you want to check oil on a car like this? And that's what these people were doing. They were looking at the problems. Watch what they said. We were not able to go against the people. But God is saying, I've already given it to you. We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. Next verse. And they brought up an evil report. What is an evil report? An evil report is anything that is contrary to God's word. When God says you're winning, if you say, no, I'm losing, that's an evil report. When God says you're healed, if you say I'm sick, that's an evil report. So you don't have to be demon-possessed by like a legion for you to release an evil report. An evil report is as simple as anything that is contrary to what God is saying about you in his word. If God says you're rich, if you say, man, I'm just poor, I'm just a poor, that's an evil report. Someone shout, I will not not. let any evil report report proceed proceed out of my mouth. mouth. Yeah, favor. Just let favor come out of your mouth. Amen. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in the land are men of a great stature. Next verse. And there we saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in whose sight? I did not hear that. We were in our own sight. In other words, we were in our own minds. We were in our own hearts as grasshoppers. And so were we in their sight. So they were just speaking what they thought. They thought, man, I'm just a grasshopper. And that's what they let come out of their mouth. Someone shout, I'm not a grasshopper. Give me verse 30. This is who you are. Verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people 
before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are what? I did not hear that. I did not hear that. We are what? Someone shout, I am well able to do everything that God has called me to do. Someone shout, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No, I'm well able. I'm well able. I'm well able to possess everything that God has given me. Everything that Jesus Christ paid for 2,000 years ago. I can possess it. I'm well able. There are no limitations. I am well able. And I have to think this way for me to speak this way. Let's go to James. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 3, verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. James chapter number 3, verse 2 says, For in many things we offend all, and if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. That word, that phrase perfect man simply means he's a mature man. Amen? And is able also to bridle the whole body. Amen? Verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships with door they, they be great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeneth. So he's given us three examples or analogies to show you the power of the spoken word. And the first one was, you can bridle your whole body if you control what comes out of your mouth. And the second one was, we control the direction to which the horse go, even as powerful as a horse is, you can control it. And the only way to control it is not by tying its neck. The only way to control a horse, as powerful as it is, the only way for a horse to give you direction or for you to give instruction to the horse and the horse will obey you is by taming the tongue or by putting a bit in the tongue. And when you turn that tongue, the horse, the whole body, as powerful as it is, can't help it but go in the direction that you are pulling the tongue. How many of you know that as powerful and as awesome and as sophisticated uh, your life is, the only thing that can control the direction of your life is your tongue. Whether you like it or not. The only thing that can control fierce storms that are taking place in your life is your tongue. What did Jesus uh, uh, say to the storm? Be still. And what happened? Even nature responds to your tongue. It responds to your words. Amen. You have to speak words of life. As huge the universe is, it responds to words. Just last week, uh, my family and I were going on our vacation to Durban. And we were really concerned because the weather report was saying it was going to be raining. 
So as we were talking, uh, my wife was sharing with uh, uh, Dillian that, hey, listen, this is what's happening and so on and so forth. And Dillian said, okay, let me just exercise what the pastor has been preaching. You shall have son and nothing less. And then my wife said, I, t- I-, I agree with you. And what does the Bible say about touching and agreeing on something? What will happen? It will be done for you by our Father which is in heaven. And we agreed. And guess what? All the way from here to Durban, we were speaking that word. We will have nothing less than son. And when we got there, the circumstances didn't obey immediately. You know why? Because the devil wants you to change your confession. Man, when you have pain in your body and you say, man, I'm healed. It's not going to go immediately sometimes. It's going to stick around to see if you really, really, really believe what you're saying. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 4.14, hold on to the confession of your faith without wavering. Because a lot of people, when they are poked, when the weather doesn't respond immediately, they change their confession. Amen? What else does it say? Let's go. Let's read. So he says, a ship, as huge as, as it is, it is controlled by a small rudder or a steering. You know, a, a ship represents a city. The atmosphere in a city is controlled by people's words or confessions in that city. I don't care who you are. If a whole lot of you are confessing fear and negativity, that city is going to be about fear and negativity. Because of the words that people speak. Amen. I said amen. Let's go now to verse uh, 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So he's saying your tongue is like the small matches stick. You know, that you use to light a fire. And most of you show up when the fire has already been lit and you're seeing lots of flames and you don't realize that as huge as that fire is, it was started by a little matchstick. And that's what happens in most people's lives. As crazy as your life is, most people can't trace it back to the little words that they speak. Yeah, it's tight. You know, these days, these days it's tight. You know, it starts there. Now, I just don't know if this thing is going to work out. It starts there. It's just a little word, and it seems insignificant. You know, it's just a little word. But that's how the enemy traps us. Amen. I said, Amen. amen. Let's go now to Matthew chapter number twelve, from verse thirty-six. Matthew chapter number 12, verse 36. Watch what it says. It says, But I say unto you, that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. See, this is how serious God takes words. Now, idle words are inoperative words. Or words... That, that don't mean anything. Or words that are misused. You know, I know young people, uh, uh, I don't know what the you know, fashionable thing to say these days is, but back then, where we grew up, we used to say if something was good, it's bad. 
He said, you know, I mean, this car is bad. And what we meant was this car is good. It's an inoperative word. What do they say? It's sick. Exactly. You know, they say, man, this, this song is sick. Or it's crazy. Amen. All of those are inoperative words and they are meant to numb your heart from believing your own words. See, because you say, oh man, this cell phone is sick. And everyone says, oh, it's sick. And I ask you, what do you mean it's sick? Does it have a virus? Is it a disease? What's oh man, you don't understand. I'm just saying it's sick. But what I really mean is it's, 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 it's I... <laughs> it's dope that's what I mean and then you know what uh, uh, when it comes to healing you say hey I want health and the devil knows you misuse words so you probably don't mean you want health you probably want the opposite and you in your heart you think man I don't even believe my own words I don't even put value in my words so yeah by his stripes I am healed but you know, just like I say I'm sick, your heart is numb from uh, uh, the real value of the words that proceeds out of your mouth. So a misuse of words is dangerous because it keeps your heart numb. So the next thing you say, even when you mean it, your heart doesn't know, do we really mean it? Or is that sick thing, that dope thing that we always say and we don't mean it? So a misuse of words is dangerous. And this is how the devil has trapped the church. It's called slang. Man, we can come and worship and do, but as long as we miss these basics, the devil can still hinder your progress. Amen? So, God says for every inoperative word, you have to give an account. Man, this is strong. Someone shout, no. No. Inoperative words. Verse 37. It says, for by your words, whose words? I did not hear that. See, what's interesting about verse 37 is that it has no God in it. It has no devil in it. It has no Holy Spirit in it. It has no pastor in it. The prophet is not in it. The only person that's in it is you. And what, watch, watch what he says about you and your words, of course. He says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. You know? By your words, you will be prospered. By your words, you will be brought to poverty. Your own words. Whatever words you use will come to pass. Amen? Words can be your salvation, and words can also be your damnation. Give me verse 36 in uh, the Message Bible. Verse 36 in the Message Bible. Watch what it says. Je this is Jesus speaking. He says, let me tell you something. Now, when Jesus wants to tell you something, he really wants to tell you something. Amen? He says, let me tell you something. Every one of these what? What? Amen? Did you see that? Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning 
Words are powerful. What should you do? I did not hear that. This is Jesus speaking. He says words are powerful. Take them seriously. Don't take them for granted. You know that thing sticks and stones may break my bones. But words will never hurt me. Words will kill you. Words will destroy you. Words will bring you to damnation. Let's go to Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter number 11. Verse 11. Thank you, Jesus. Watch what it says. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around about upon all things, now the eventide was come. And he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. Or any fruit. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. Verse 14. And Jesus answered. Did you see that? What did Jesus do? You know, I used to just brush over this. Just read through it. Notice the Bible didn't say Jesus said to the fig tree. It says the Bible. The Bible says in verse 14. And Jesus answered the fig tree. How many of you know that things speak to us? Yeah. <laughs> Your body speaks to you. Your bank account speaks to you. Things speak to you. They send a message. And if you don't answer them, remember the principle of silencing the voice of the accuser. See, some of you will just look at your bank account and it will say something. You say you are broke. It will say, you're broke. you will never amount to anything. It will start preaching a sermon to you. And the sad thing is most people listen and sit in that sermon the whole time and never say a thing. And just sit and say, Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, this thing is speaking to you. Your body can speak to you. Your body can tell you, man, you are not beautiful. Your body can speak to you. It will say, man, you are not beautiful. You are not worth it. You are this. In fact, your school grades can speak to you. Did you know that? Your school grades can tell you you are dumb. Oh, they speak. They, they'll speak to you. But you have to learn to answer things when they speak to you. So Jesus answered the tree. What did he say to the tree? Watch what he said. Jesus answered the tree and said to it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And these disciples heard it. In other words, Jesus cursed the fig tree. He spoke a word to the fig tree. Watch what happens in verse 20. It's going to get interesting. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, nothing happened in the physical. You know why? Because it dried up from the roots. Words have the power to stop things at root level. 
But the things that you stop at root level might not manifest in the same day. See, the problem with the church is when we speak something, we want it to happen instantly. It's the microwave generation. And if it does not happen instantly, we backtrack or take our words back. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and kept walking. Sometimes you need to learn the principle of speaking to things and keep walking. And not analyze things. See, some of you will speak to your bank account and then you go and print that thing and then start looking at it. Some of you speak to your body. Be healed in Jesus' name. And go and take the doctor's report and start analyzing it. What did he mean I'm going to live six months? But you just said, be healed. Amen. So it does not matter what happens to the tree. What I say goes. If I put my faith behind it. So what do I do? I speak to it and keep walking. When they walked away, the tree was still looking green. But Jesus knew his words had started working. See, because as long as you don't counter your words, as long as you don't call them back, as long as you don't stop your words, your words are working. The problem is we release them. Uh, remember last week, we talked about binding and then loosing the very thing that you bound. So we release the words and then we bring them back. and Say, no, 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 no. You see, this tree is stubborn. It didn't, it didn't obey me. <laughs> Nothing changed. No, Jesus said, hey, listen, if I speak to you, you obey. He walked away. And that should be your attitude concerning your circumstances. That should be your attitude concerning your job. Hallelujah. So after Jesus walked away, he came back, and the disciples were were amazed. You know why? Because the disciples were carnal. They didn't understand that there is a realm called the spiritual realm, which is more real than the realm that you and I live in. When things are fixed in the spiritual realm, the carnal realm has no choice but to submit. Amen. And sometimes it takes a few days. Sometimes it takes a few hours. Are we going to change our confession? No. We hold on to the profession, the confession of our faith without wavering. Amen. Because we know if it's fixed in the spiritual realm, the carnal realm or the natural realm has no choice but to submit itself. Amen. So what it looks like does not matter. Jesus walked away, and the next day, his disciples were amazed. They said, look, master, the tree that you cursed, verse 21, Peter, calling to remember and said unto him, master, behold, the tree which you cursed is withered away. Verse 22, Jesus answering him said, have faith in God. Man, Jesus' answer is amazing. Did you see that? Jesus didn't say, oh, wow, it really did wither. Or Jesus didn't say, oh, of course, because, you know, I'm the man. (laughs) You know what Jesus just said? He said, you can do it too. He said, you can do it too. And then he went on to say in verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, wait a minute, this was just a tree. And Jesus is now trying to show them that words are powerful. Take them seriously. He said, yes, I spoke to a little tree, but you 
or anybody else while we're at it can speak to a big old mountain. Whosoever. For verily I say unto you, whosoever. Someone shout, I am a whosoever. I am a whosoever. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Notice he didn't say, whosoever shall talk about the mountain with God. Did you see that? It didn't say whosoever shall climb the mountain. It's said to say religion has changed faith and watered down faith from speaking to mountains to people trying to climb mountains. Oh Lord, this Christian journey is a long and hard road. We just have to soldier on climbing this mountain. No, speak to the mountain. A lot of people are trying to climb, to climb the mountain. No, Jesus said, speak to the mountain. He didn't say, talk to God about the mountain. He says, I've already given you the authority for you to speak to the mountain. And mountain speaks of problems. Jesus is saying, direct your anger. How many of you are angry about your problems? Direct that anger towards your problems. In faith. Amen. Speak to the mountain. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, what will happen? He shall have what? I didn't hear that. He shall have whatsoever he says. That's the key. What have you been saying about the mountain? Because whatever you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. What have you been saying about your finances? What have you been saying about your health? What have you been saying about your relationships? Because whatever you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Man, this is awesome. This is so liberating. You know why? Because it just gave the power to the people. Amen. I, lo I love Christianity. Christianity is the biggest DIY project ever. Do it yourself. Did you know that? Man, oh, Jesus transferred all the power to the people. It's now in your hands to say it. It's now in your hands to create the life that you want. And it's as simple as speaking it. You shall have whatsoever you say. Speaking it and holding on to the profession of your faith. I mean, the man said say three times in one scripture, I believe. He says, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Three times. He's trying to get you to see. Four times. He's trying to get you to see that your saying is so important. You say something about what you are going through. Don't wait for somebody else to say something for you. See, don't go for counseling about the mountain. 
See, a lot of people are going, they come to pastor, pastor, I want you to counsel me about this mountain. And we sit down, we talk about, you know, they even buy me lunch. That's like free lunch for me, praise the Lord. You know, we counsel them and we, we talk. And the mountain is over here, man. We, we, don't get counseling about the mountain. Just speak to the mountain. He didn't even say, you know, pray to God about the mountain. He says, no, you speak to the mountain. Because you know, we could sit down, counsel you. Uh, you leave the counseling session feeling better or feeling good, but the mountain is still there. And it's waiting for you to say something to it. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And watch what he says in verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Matthew chapter number 8, verse 5, as we close. Matthew chapter number 8, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into uh, Capernaum, they, were come into him, they came unto him, a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But do what? I did not hear that. He says, speak the word only. Speak the, don't counsel me. Don't pray for, just speak the word only. Say, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Faith people know that the word is enough. They know that the word in their mouth is even more than enough. Amen. Verse 9. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go. And he goes. To another, come. And he comes. To my servants, do this. And he doeth it. And Jesus heard it, and he marveled. And said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. You know what faith is? Faith, great faith, is understanding the power of the word in your mouth. That's what great faith is. Verse 11. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east, the west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness, where they shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way as thou hast believed. So be it unto you. And his servant was healed in the self same hour. Without Jesus even going there to lay hands on him. He just spoke a word. And the word that he spoke went and did the healing. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus.